you. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you that we can come and celebrate Christmas Eve, the night before we celebrate your birth. God, we thank you for your presence, and we thank you for your goodness. God, we pray that your words would be spoken today, God, that what you want to accomplish today would be done, God, and we pray that your spirit would just be in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen. So my name is Jenna, as Pastor Jesse said. Some of you may know me, some of you may not. I grew up in Nelson, and I went to the Covenant Church all my life. And when I was 17, I moved to Ontario for school. But I am excited to be here today. So what I'm talking about is hope in the midst. So I um, have been in a school of ministry slash Catch the Fire Church setting for a year and a half, which has been the most amazing thing of my life. I did a module um, that's called the Heart Module last um, fall, and then I did the Advanced Module, and I've been a pastoral intern at Catch the Fire for the past six months. I have had such an incredible time. We've done missions trips, and we've done preaching, and we've done incredible things. Every day has been full of miracles and seeing healings and just seeing people's lives like completely transformed. It's been such a credible time. So what I wanted to talk about today is hope in the midst. Um, I just felt when I was praying basically to share with you guys my story of where I've been and where I'm going and what I've learned along the way. And I feel like kind of the theme of my life that I've learned recently is hope. So one of the definitions of hope that I really resonated with is hope is a feeling of trust. So then I was asking, well, what is trust? Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I'm going to read that again, though. Trust is the firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or strength of someone or something. For me, that really resonates with what hope is because a year and a half ago, I didn't have very much hope in my life. And I didn't have hope in my life because I didn't trust in God. I didn't trust in people. I only really had trust in me, and that wasn't really good enough. Um, But that is a big thing. To be able to put your trust in something besides yourself, it requires a lot. To know that someone is reliable and truthful and they have the strength and the ability is massive. So my story, kind of um, to take you back to the beginning, I grew up in an amazing Christian home. I learned all about God, and I went to Sunday school. I went to a Christian school, and I learned so much. I learned all the stories of the Bible, basically, and I had a really good grasp of the knowledge of God. But I didn't really have um, a great understanding of, like, the revelation of God and his love. I didn't really know him so much as a father. I thought like Father God was kind of because he was the father of Jesus. And so I knew a lot about God, but I didn't feel like I really knew him personally. But I was pretty content with it. My life was pretty great. I never really had anything that went wrong in my life. And I went to school and everything, everything was great up until I was 17. And I graduated from high school, graduated in January, which was very exciting. And I took off on a trip to Ontario to look at universities. And then when I was there, one day I got a phone call that my dad had suddenly passed away. He just passed away from a heart attack out of the blue, as some of you may know. And for me, that just kind of tilted my entire world. Because all of a sudden, everything that I had known didn't feel real. 
what I thought trusting God was, um, you trust God, and then he'll just make sure everything works out exactly as you want it. That's what I thought trust, because everything in my life had always worked out great. And all of a sudden, here there was something. I trusted God to keep my family safe and to keep my dad safe, and all of a sudden, he died. So for me, I didn't know how to trust God. I didn't know how to really look at life anymore. And I tried for like a few weeks really hard to kind of try and figure out with God. And he gave me such incredible peace um, and joy in the midst of like those few weeks right after he passed away. And then I went on a missions trip to um, Asia and my life got really busy. And I always struggled with the question, well, how can I trust God if I feel like he didn't come through for me? And so I just kind of put distance between myself and God because it didn't make sense to me and I couldn't find an answer. And so I felt like the best way to go about life was to trust myself. And so I kind of blocked out most people in my life. I was just kind of shut down my emotions because it hurt too much to feel. I didn't want to grieve. I didn't want to be sad. I was sick of crying. And so I just felt like, well, I'll just go about life and just kind of pretend that feelings don't exist. However, the problem with that is when you shut down all negative emotions, you also shut down all positive emotions. You can't really pick one or the other. You just choose to feel and ignore um, or ignore emotions. So for me, I just kind of went into like a very busy state. I just didn't um, ever take time to feel anything, good or bad, and I became really busy. I went to school and did really well. I decided to do nursing school. Um, I decided to work full time on top of taking extra courses at school. So my life was very busy and I was kind of content um, because I was just working really hard. I just wanted to be the best. And so it was the life of always going to school and always working. When I wasn't doing one of those things, I was probably partnering with a few friends that I had. But my biggest fear was vulnerability. I didn't want to talk to anyone about what happened with my dad or my life or how I was doing. I just wanted to do life. I just didn't want to feel life. And so for me, is no matter how hard I worked, life just never was satisfying. It never felt good enough. And no matter what I did, I always just wanted to be better. And so it was this perpetual cycle of working really hard and yet not feeling joy and not feeling satisfied in anything. So I came to the end of my nursing school, which was really interesting, and I was working on a great unit um, on oncology, and they offered me a job there and like just a career with a great salary, and I figured I could just kind of do that. I could just settle into that life, work as a nurse, and just be really content with that. However, it just didn't seem satisfying. I knew that if I didn't change something in my life, it would all just kind of plateau and I would never really be happy. I didn't really have any close relationships. I had a boyfriend, but that kind of ended when I um, just wasn't really able to be open with him and we were just different. So we parted ways and I just kind of felt very alone in the world. Um, I was in Ontario without any family and didn't, didn't feel like connecting to anyone. Um, for months or maybe years, my mom tried to tell me to go to a school of ministry or go to Bethel, and I said that was the last thing on earth I would do because I'd work so hard to be a nurse. Why would I just give up being a nurse and just go to a school of ministry? That seemed absurd to me. But after many, 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 many times of her just suggesting it, I thought that if I didn't change something in my life, I probably would never be happy. So I thought, why not give it a try? I thought... Um, the School of Ministry in Toronto was a mission school where you learn all about how to be a missionary. 
and you learn all about who God is. So I went in thinking that I knew everything and that it was just going to be kind of interesting, but not really difficult at all. I don't really know how I got there, but somehow I ended up there um, in fall of 2017 um, for the biggest shock of my life because it was actually an inner healing school where they want to talk about your heart and your feelings all day long. <laughs> so it was a very big struggle. My small group leader and I had many, many, many hard conversations where she was trying to get me to talk, and I was like, I don't want to talk. I'm just angry. I'm angry at God. I don't understand God. God makes no sense. And God, ultimately, I kept saying, makes no difference in my life. He didn't help me when I wanted help, I felt like. And so why would I want to talk to God? And so we went along the first few weeks of school and just kind of made a few friends. But again, I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I loved relying on myself. I loved being independent. I was great at being independent. And all of a sudden, all these people just kept wanting to talk to me. And so in like the second month of the school, I just kind of had enough. And I went to the director's office and I was like, I don't really think I like this. This is too overwhelming. This isn't really my thing. I don't trust God, and everything here you're asking me to do is trust God. But she asked me to give it one more chance and to really just go after that one question. God, how can I trust you, and how could I have hope again for my life? So I decided it was maybe worth one more shot um, because I didn't really know what else to do at that point. So I decided to stay, and in the weeks preceding, um, it was an interesting time of I was just so angry. Um, we had worship every single morning, but I thought, I'm not singing songs that I don't believe. So I would sit on the ground while everyone else worshipped and just kind of sit there and look at everyone else, and it was kind of funny. Um, one morning when I was sitting in worship, and sometimes I would journal or sometimes I would just sit there, I got um, a text message that somebody I knew had passed away. And I just got really angry, and I stormed out of the school of ministry building, and I just was talking to God, and I was like, how can I have hope, and how can I trust you when all I see is death? Uh, so many people that I knew passed away in the years preceding my dad passing away, and working as a nurse, I saw death every day. I saw so many people pass away, and I was just like, God, in my life, I see death everywhere. How are you good? You're not. And I just was, like, yelling at him, and then I got kind of tired of that. It was kind of cold. So I went back inside, and I sat on the ground again, and I just proceeded to um, pour out my heart to God about how angry I was at him. And in that moment, I expected him to run far away from me and be like, fine, you be angry, and just kind of leave me alone. But I was shocked when in that moment I had the biggest sense of love and peace that I've ever felt in my entire life. I was like, God, I am trying to tell you um, how angry I'm at you and all you're doing is loving me. That just blew my mind. I was like, how can you be loving me when I am just telling you all these terrible things? And so I decided if he can love me in the moments where I am not being very nice, then maybe he is worth getting to know. So I found out how God doesn't stop pursuing us, how God is always there for us, but God respects our choices. And if we choose to not turn to him, then he's just going to wait patiently for us. He's not going to impose on us and come into our lives and try and 
um, work things when we don't want him to. He waits for us and he respects us and all he wants is for us to choose him. So I decided to start doing that and I had an incredible few months of just learning about who God is and the love that he has, the love that never fails and the love that is always there for me. And it was an incredible journey. Um, I decided to fast and I decided to just spend time with God. Went to a park like every day, which was incredible. And just got to know, got to know his heart and just journaled to him. And I had such an incredible time of learning to hear God's voice and just talking to him throughout all day, every day, about everything that was on my heart. And I found out that God loves us so much that he um, will accept us exactly where we're at, no matter how much we've done or how far we've gone or how long we've gone away. He's still right there just waiting for us and to love on us. And the cool thing about that is no matter how much you've done, he loves you in that moment, but he obviously loves us way too much to leave us there. So I went through about a year um, of just learning about myself and learning about God and learning how he, he is faithful to be there for us, which was really like the incredible thing for me. Um, I learned that his yoke really is easy and his burden is light. And no matter how overwhelming life was or how overwhelming my job at the hospital was or how overwhelming mostly my feelings were, I could just give him all the negativity and he would just give me such peace. And um, he says in Isaiah 46, um, even to your old age, I'm going to read on here. <laughs> ah, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who sustains you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. That was such an incredible verse to me because that's exactly who I found God to be. The God who sustains me in the midst of the worst times in my life. The God who sustains me in the midst of a code at work where someone is passing. The God who sustains me when I just don't feel like waking up in the morning. He's the God who's there to carry us through that. And he's the God to be our comfort. Um, I like this one too. <laughs> when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you uh, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I think that's really cool too, because like even in the midst of the fire, he says like you won't be burned. So he doesn't promise to take away the hard things in his life because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where we see death and destruction and terrible things every single day. But in the midst of that death, in the midst of that destruction, that's where he comes through. That's where you can stand in that fire and be okay. And that's the miracle that I really learned. Um, I love this like little saying that Christine says, is hold on to your hope and watch your triumph unfold. Because like he really is in the waiting, in the pressing into him, that's where he comes through. And he may not take away every bad thing in your life, but he also is capable of that. So many times I've seen him work incredible miracles. Like that video we just watched, that's incredible. And I catch the fire and in our missions trips, we see that every day. We expect miracles and we see miracles. And not 100% of people are healed, but a lot of people are. And sometimes in a day, every single person will be healed because he is the God of the miraculous. But we are living in a world where not everything happens the way we want, we want it to be. 
because the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love this one because that's exactly what life is. The enemy is here to kill people and steal from people and destroy lives. But God came to bring us freedom. When I was kind of growing up, I um, tried to do everything right. I really wanted to be good. But it was always out of a sense that that's what I thought I needed to do. But what I found when I um, learned that God loved me is we love because he first loved us. So if we're trying to um, love him or we're trying to do things for him out of a sense of duty or that's what we should do, for me that never really worked. It always seemed pointless. But when I learned the love that he has for me, the love that is always there for me, the love that will always make a way, that's when I fell in love with him. I was in... Uh, a week in my mission trip with Brazil after about five months of learning about how much God loved me that I was like wow I actually truly love God and I want to like follow his ways and I want to do things for him because I love him so much not because I should I'm so against people doing things because you should do it because then your heart isn't in the right place but as soon as your heart is in the right place and you're doing it because that's what you want to do and that's the desire that he's given you that's where there is freedom and that's where there is like life to the fullest I think life should be where people are walking in freedom walking in their destinies walking in everything that God has called them to do and to be because freedom is the place where life is not bondage and not um like numbness living in like a place of numbness is kind of okay sometimes because you never feel anything negative but you never live like the life to the fullest where there is like prosperity and where there is joy so that trust is the firm belief and the reliability truth ability or strength of someone or something so God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I think that makes someone pretty reliable. We can know who God is. We can get to know his character. We can get to know that he is good. And that's when we know that we can rely on him. For me, I never saw God's goodness until I asked him. I was like, God, how are you good? Show me that you are good. And once I asked that, I saw it every day, like a million times a day. Because often feelings follow choices. Sometimes we need to choose to see God's goodness, and then we'll see his goodness all the time. We'll see where he is working. But if we choose to look for the negative, we'll see it, because that's what we're focused on. But as soon as you choose to say, God, I choose to believe that you are good. Now show me. That's when I saw him come through for me over and over and over, because God is good, and he has such great things for us. But we need to look for it. We need to have our eyes wide open to see it, because if we look for the bad things in the world, they're there because we don't live in a perfect world, and we all know that. So those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I found this to be really true because even when I was at the school of ministry, I was crazy busy. I decided to keep working full-time as a nurse and do school of ministry full-time and do a pastoral placement. And so some nights I would sleep like three hours a night, but I loved my life. And so I was not tired. I could do a million things and still like prioritizing God. I knew that I, every night I would go to sleep and be like, God, okay, can you just triple my sleep like supernaturally? And it did. It was great. And one thing that I really found that was amazing is I didn't really like 
life that much before. And a lot of people that I talked to, they didn't really like life. Life is hard. Life is really hard. But we can love life. And now, like, I was talking to Hannah about this last night. We're like, we love our lives. And that's amazing. Like, that is amazing to be able to love life and to love exactly where you're at. Even if there's a million things going around, we can still choose to love our lives because joy is a choice. And so in the midst of the worst things, we can choose joy. And that's where your feelings are going to follow your choices. You can choose to live in despair. You can choose to live in sadness. And sometimes we are like that. we got to be real. But after we've been real and after we've said how we're feeling, after we've processed that, then if we can then say, okay, this is how I feel about God. I choose to believe that you are good and I choose joy today. You will see so much joy in your life and it's so exciting. So this is one quote that I love. If you knew his nature, you will not question his motives. I think that's amazing. But first we need to know his nature. We need to pursue his heart. And I think the best way to do that is to listen to him because he has so much to say to each one of you. And again, the best thing in my life has been learning to hear his voice. I love journaling. I can fill a journal in two weeks because I just love writing down what God has to say because God never stops talking. We just stop listening sometimes. But if we're listening like, God, what are you saying in this moment? What are you saying about me? What are you saying about how you see me? It's incredible the things he has to say because he's so wise. And one of the things that they really focus on um, at our school is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is living and active. The Holy Spirit is a person with a great personality. He's hilarious. And when we get to know Holy Spirit and when we ask Holy Spirit before every single decision, he'll tell us he's not going to leave us, like, abandoned because he's there for us. So if we ask him, what do I do in this circumstance? What do I say to this person? It makes life really fun because we're not alone and we never have to make um, a single decision by ourselves because we have the God who is full of wisdom and has all of the answers and he is so faithful to come through. And so when I work at the hospital, um, I see patients in all sorts of despair. Funny enough, I got a job on a cardiology unit, which I never originally asked for. I just said, place me in any unit you want in my interview, whatever you think I fit with. And I got cardiology. With my dad dying of a heart attack, I, on one hand, was like, I don't know if I want to be here. This is really hard. But then I saw how I can relate to these people, relate to the patients who've had a heart attack, relate to the patients who um, are going through this, and mostly the families, the families who lost someone in a heart attack or who are experiencing, like, such grief. The one thing that I've learned to ask them is, okay, in this moment, where is your hope? Because I can't necessarily always bring up God in the hospital but I can ask them where their hope is. And I've had such incredible conversations because sometimes I say, is it in family? Is it in church? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in? I'll give them a bunch of different options so it doesn't sound like I'm just talking about God. And the way they open up and they talk about, well, I used to go to church 10 years ago, or these are the questions I have, has just been incredible times, or even just praying silently for the patients, like the miracles I've seen, like I've seen people come back to life in a cove where they're completely dead because I'm praying over them. And I just think it's incredible because God gives us hope. He gives us hope for life again, and he gives us hope for life eternity. 
because we get to live for all of eternity in heaven if we choose him. But I also think it's really important to live um, with heaven on earth right now because he didn't just make us for eternity. He made us so that we could live in relationship right now with him. We can see heaven on earth. We can see miracles. There's an open heaven for us to see his heart and what he wants to say and what he wants to do. It's just incredible. So we can choose to rise above every lie because the lies will come that say this life is terrible. You don't have hope. You're terrible. Nothing's going to get better. But we can choose to say that is a lie because I know that there is something better. And it's crazy how perspective just changes everything. And one thing that I've learned most recently is that hope inspires dreams. I've learned to dream again because I'm not relying on myself. My dream since I've been, I don't know, maybe two or three, was to be a doctor. But I always said I'm not capable of that because in reality, I'm, I'm not. Um, but God said that that was a dream that he placed inside of me. And so I've left Toronto, and I'm moving to Victoria next week to pursue medical school, knowing that, <laughs> knowing that it's all him, knowing that he's going to um, get me there, that he's going to be the one who leads me there because it's up to him, because I don't have to rely on me, because my trust is in him and my hope is in him, and I can have hope for the plans that he has for me. I can have hope for the desires in my heart because he's just a good father who just wants to love on his kids. Like, God had everything he ever wanted, but he chose to make us. Why did he make us? Because he is love. He wanted to pour out his love to people. He didn't make you to be servants. He didn't make you to do stuff for him. He's perfectly content in what he has. But he just wants to love us so much that he made each one of us. And I know that he has so many dreams for each one of you that your dreams can come alive again. The people who say they don't have dreams is just because they haven't dreamt with God because God has such incredible things for each one of you. And we limit ourselves because we can do what we think we're capable of. I was like, well, I'm capable of being a nurse. I'm capable of doing this. But that's no fun. If our dreams are possible for us, they're not really dreams. Dreams with God are dreams that are completely impossible for us where we have to rely 100% on him, where we say, God, this is all you. I'm stepping over this cliff, and I know that you're going to catch me because you are faithful, and you are faithful to be there for me every step of every way. So my main thing that I would love for you guys is to think about this Christmas where your hope is because he came into this world to be born and to um, grow up and to die for us so that we can have hope. We can have hope for eternity. We can have hope for today. In the midst of no matter what's gone on, no matter what you've done, there is hope for a life that you love. There is hope for a relationship with God. There is hope for everything good in life because he is good. So this Christmas, I have been so excited. I have been talking for, since November 1st, I decided it was Christmas season. So I've been talking about how much I love Christmas. I've always liked Christmas, but this year has been super special because I know that I have hope and I have dreams. And so I've just been so excited every day for this Christmas because it's a chance to focus on God and to celebrate. So this Christmas can get really busy. Christmas season is really full. It's full of family and presents and incredible times. But I think it's really important for us to take a moment to focus on God and to focus on him coming into the world. So 
miracle of hope for something in your life, whether it's a healing or whether it's hope for goodness and hope for joy in your life or hope for a family member, I just want you to place your hand on your heart because we all, we all need a miracle for something. We always have something that we need God to come through for us, and I'm just going to pray. God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are good in the midst of the storm, God. We thank you that you are faithful to come through for us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you that we do not walk through this life alone, that if we choose you, we get life abundantly. So God, I just declare in every single person's life here, breakthrough. I declare breakthrough in their marriages and breakthrough with their children. I declare breakthrough in their health and their finances. God, you are the most powerful one ever. You are the great I am. So God, we rest in your presence. We rest knowing that we can come to you exactly as we are, knowing that it's okay to not be okay knowing that we can feel everything, knowing that you will be the one to sustain us. So God, we thank you that you are a hope. And God, I pray that you would breathe hope into every single person's heart here, God, that you would allow them to have the strength to trust you, the courage to choose you in the midst of the storm, God. We thank you that you are everything that we need, that we can have you and be fully alive and fully okay. And so, God, we just praise you today, and we lift up your name, and we say thank you. Thank you for Christmas, and thank you for who you are. In the name of Jesus, amen.